Your ways in your head, and I'm gonna get it there. Though. Don't worry. I thought you were trying to undo, yeah, undo what I've been. I undid it with who is it? Nope, you're not gonna undo it. I mean, it's not like that song ain't a bop, too. They're all bops. Let's not go down that road. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, we're live. Yo, yo, Woo! welcome to episode two of the Black. Jackson Estate. My name's Ashley. I'm KJ. And it's a beautiful day in North Carolina. North Carolina. Uh, Collect. We coming to you live AF. Um, yeah, episode two. Well, can we say first off, this is a special episode. So we need y'all to know that. We went live on podcasting in an interesting time because we had an introduction and we thought we were going to just slide on into the first official Michael episode, but this is a special episode and we're going to be talking about Michael Plus and the plus is dominant in this episode and the plus is none other than his baby sister who made it, right? Okay. Miss Jackson, if you nasty. Okay. And the woman he just can't stop loving. Okay. The immortal, incomparable Miss Diana Ross, the boss. And we're talking about them on this episode because Ash Cash had a very unique once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see both of these ladies during milestones in their life and career. And we got to let y'all know what happened with that, what went down, what she saw, who she saw, what who she did not see. <laughs> and it happened with that. And, you know, and we're going to keep it real. And that's why I'm telling y'all, you know, somebody's going to be mad probably, but I'm just trying to keep it in line and um, get my, get my, um, get my get my Diane Sawyer on but I want to acknowledge that today is Michael Jackson's only daughter's birthday she turns 21 years old and listen she can buy all the liquor she want for free for real for real this time you know she ain't got to send somebody in the store to get it and um so we just want to wish Paris Jackson a very happy 21st birthday right right happy birthday Paris Roll up, it's your birthday. <laughs> they canceled that, right? Fuck the Simpsons. Okay. But anyway, happy birthday to Paris Jackson, who is 21 today. And that means it's a real turn up. She better turn up all the way, man. Well, let's I know clear. I did. It's, it's today, as in the day we're recording this. You're probably going to get this the next day. So just know we shouted you out Paris. so at the top of the week we have off the heels of her comment about you know stop you know with all this madness with michael we have diana ross celebrating her 75th birthday she's been celebrating all 2019 um and so ashley first off i think you need to tell people how you ended up at her party 
how that went down, what happened, and how your black ass ended up in the mix. Well, let's be clear. I went to the concert and not the party. You guys have no idea how butthurt I was to know there was a party that happened before the concert and Beyonce was in that bit. So um, <laughs> I missed that. But um, basically, backing up, um, she, Diana Ross is phenomenal, as we all know, and one of my personal sheroes. And so I've been subscribed to her tweets since she got a Twitter. Like the moment she got on the internet, subscribe every time she tweets. I come straight to me. If you don't follow Diana Ross, Miss Ross on Twitter, um, as I will always refer to her, um, you should, because she says so many sweet, inspirational things. When I had a really trashy job, she would sometimes just tweet. I remember I was at work about to explode one day, and Miss Ross tweeted, take a second and count to 10 and think about all the blessings in your life take a deep breath and I did exactly that and I saved somebody's life and by that I mean Miss Ross saved somebody's <laughs> life that day so um if you don't follow her please do but she um tweeted a um she tweeted a song of hers and asked that um whoever can uh confirm who wrote the song you'll get tickets to my birthday celebration and um I need to go pull up the song because it's it's blown me since then um but yeah so when she tweeted it I knew who the songwriter well I I thought I knew who all the songwriters were so of course when her tweet comes through immediately um I was like oh I'm pretty sure Diana Ross wrote this song um and let me go spot check so when I spot checked I, I saw um, Daryl Hall from Holland Notes, um, and a woman named Sarah, whose name is escaping me right now, um, also wrote the song. And so I, I spot checked it. Thank goodness. Oh, Sarah Allen uh, wrote the song with Diana Ross and Daryl Hall. So I spot checked it because I was still within a minute. And in that minute, I replied. And it was one of those things where, you know, um, it's a it's an online contest. And so you don't know where you fall in the mix. So as soon as I tweeted it, I started scrolling through the other tweets and I saw, okay, I was in the first minute, but there were at least 20 other people who had responded around the same time within seconds of me, but none of them had the same three names that I did. And at that point I started to get shook. So I was like, okay, either I'm dead wrong or nobody else knows the answer to this. And so um, it was one of those things where I said, you know what, I'm just gonna put my phone down and walk away from this because I don't know <laughs> what is happening here. And so, so, so you, so, so you weren't even expecting that you were going to be the one. Oh no, absolutely not. So many people had replied and there were folks who replied, you know, a couple seconds before me. So again, like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, well, you know, it, it is what it is. And so I just put it away um, after I replied. And then several days later, probably like two or three, it might have even been more than that. Um, I was on the way to D.C. for my little sister's birthday. And 
I had been driving uh, from North Carolina to D.C., so I, I think I did the first three hours, and then we switched in Richmond, and I finally, I had a conference call for work, and after the call was over, I hopped into my Twitter to see if I had missed anything, if the world had burned down, if Dan Reed had died, you know, anything like that, and um, <laughs> the only thing that I discovered was that yeah, I... still alive. That yeah. motherfucker still alive. And, and, you know, that was the day that I realized you, you literally win some... And you lose him because while he was still living, Diana Ross was in my damn mentions. And I was shook it. Um, The song, I finally found it, it's called Swept Away. And she said, let's have some fun. I will put up some trivia questions. The first person to answer this correctly will get two complimentary tickets to my Diamond Diana celebration at the Palladium. Ready for the first trivia question. Who is the songwriter of Swept Away? And yeah. Um, so I saw her in my in my uh, in my mentions saying that congratulations, you won with a screenshot of my response. Now let me tell you why this was crazy, because um last year I I tweet Diana Ross regularly, like of course. She says phenomenal things. And um I thought that she had favorited one of my tweets last year while I was working on a campaign. It was like in the middle of the day and um, my, my, my work in politics, you know, it, life goes fast. And I just looked at my phone real quick and I saw Miss Ross and a like, and I thought it was her. And I told everybody in the office, oh my God, Diana Ross, like one of my tweets. After I sat down later that day, I clicked it and realized it was a, it wasn't Diana Ross. It was a fan account that had the exact same profile picture and had put the same name, but it wasn't the same at. And I was like, oh, damn, like Diana Ross still doesn't know who the hell I am. So flash forward like several months later and I see that she's actually responded with a screenshot of mine. I was like, man, this is the same account that got me. And I click it and I see the verified. And I was like, oh my God, that's actually Ms. Ross. So if anybody who follows my personal Twitter, you'll see like I retweeted it and said, wait, what? Like what? And then I just thanked her. Like, thank you, Ms. Ross. This is amazing. So it was one of those things that was like a once in a lifetime shot. I shot my shot. Oh. That shit was that shit was wetty. And it was uh, nothing that. Yeah, off the backboard. So that's uh they they then they left two tickets for me at Will Call and um I invited one of my friends to go with me. We did a turn and burn where we flew out there for the day and we came back and that's all she wrote. Well wait a minute, let me pause you right here to let the world know I was not invited. Um and that's fine, you know. Yeah. Um, you weren't and there's I, a reason for that. Everybody um, she ain't invite me now. I, I was I was out someplace probably doing something official, but, but you know, she could have invited me and let me say no. No. And here's why I didn't. Because <laughs> you don't know how to act. <laughs> that's, that's very, very that's legit. That's that's true. That's yeah. true. I wanted you to get one of her wigs for me and you didn't. I wasn't able, but let me tell you something. Miss Ross's hair I don't know if it's a lace front or a, it's not a lace front. I think, girl, I think it's a, a sewing. That's a ball of Nubian, African, Malaysian. I don't know what that is. Can but we it's just beautiful. 
let's just take two minutes to talk about it though because diana ross is one of the first and only women other than shaka khan to like wear her hair out naturally in the 80s like pretty much all of the black divas from the probably the 60s era through the late 70s had natural hair at some point by either having an afro or just doing a blowout but Miss Ross has been pretty consistent and even if it is a sew-in or a wig it's still natural you know what I'm saying so I just want to give her a shout out for that because that is that was big for black girls to see in the 80s and 90s she had the big hair and it wasn't pressed out it wasn't you know super flat iron and that's that's valuable what's crazy is that's still big today because you still we still you know struggle in a culture that says that the less (laughs) the more you can hide your ethnicity and the more you can hide your heritage and your roots the more successful you'll be the prettier you'll be perceived and we still deal with those issues and so when black women take those issues and literally spit upon them and then you know, grind them into the ground and say, no, uh, my black is beautiful. Your black is beautiful. That you, you cannot, you can't underestimate how powerful that is. And so the fact that she did it and is still doing it is, is not to be understated at all. She is a legend for so many reasons. Let me ask you this. What's your favorite Diana Ross song? Um, because there's so many hits, you know, and I think that, even looking back, you know, I know, you know, there's, there's always, you know, this friction and, you know, you have a group that eventually became not a group. She goes solo, but even inside of the group and as a solo artist, she has so many hits. So, you know, I'm just curious to know what's your favorite. I have a favorite, but what's your favorite? My favorite song of all time. I mean, number one of all songs ever is Ain't No Mountain High Enough, her version of Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Um, I want that song to play at my wedding. I would also like it to play at my funeral. Um, I like to play it um, as an alarm on my phone uh, several times throughout the week. Like that song just does something to me. I think it's the fact that uh, it's almost like a quiet storm rap. If you need me, call me no matter where you are, no matter how far. (laughs) Like it's something about that that just it's that, a good song though. That's a really good song, yeah. Puts the butter in my grits. Like it's so good. And then when she breaks out full voice, it's amazing. And you know, I yeah. it yeah. it really kills me when people say that you know Diana Ross isn't one of the top vocalists. I think that's total bullshit because she will sing flat footed with a live mic. That was my second time seeing her. There was no backing track. She had a live band and she hit the note. So, and she's never off key. That's another thing. And I I think that goes to show like the precision in the the training that you got as a Motown singer. I think Miss Ross could probably sing upside down underwater and still be on key because they taught them the mechanics of what that takes. Let's go into upside down a little bit because um, first of all, it's one of my favorite Diana Ross tracks. I really think I, I really enjoy Up the Ladder to the Roof, which she did with the Supremes on Motown. It's one of my favorite songs from her. 
And it became one of my favorite songs because it was featured in the episode of Living Single. And we were when we were young, that show was like in its prime or whatever. And I remember hearing that song and going, who's like, who is that? And then I learned it was, you know, Diana Ross, you know, the Supremes. And so that's probably one of my favorite songs. But Upside Down is, um, man, that's a song. So what I like about Michael and Diana Ross, I think he got this from her, is when they sing a song, you believe them. You know, yeah. and and it doesn't even matter whether or not he's either of them are singing from a place of knowing you believe them. Right. When she sings upside down, boy, you turn me and Michael comes on stage when she does that, you know, round and you, round, <laughs> round and round, you know, I mean, like, I'm not he even saying that they had like he was in it. Like, he, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that the way they sing songs, you believe them. There is no way a 12 year old knew about, you know, who's loving you. I just want to know who's loving you, baby, because I used to love you. Who loving you now? Right. But he sung it in a way that you believed him. And I think that's a part of the Motown machine. Right. You want to sing this song like it is your whole life. It is the only thing in your life. And I think he got that from Motown. He got that from her. He was a watcher. Yeah. You know, he watched, he listened, and he got all that. And I think that just her talent, you know, it just can't be, again, it just can't be understated, which is why it was so angering to see people kind of attack her for her being as truthful as we've always known her to be about whatever's in her life, Michael or whoever. You know, I think that was a part of what was so angering when we saw people attacking her for telling the truth you know all y'all have an opinion about someone you didn't know personally she has an opinion about a person she knew personally and it's invalid that's crazy it's stupid so you know but yeah she's she's ahead of her time she will never be you know you can't diminish diana ross like it's just not a thing right i mean she is legendary so all right so you're at the you're at the party we want to know what celebrity who's what celebrities you saw did you get to you know grab somebody's five hundred thousand dollar you know outfit what what happened at the party chile okay so first of all um we get off the plane, we go grab something to eat and realize, all right, we need to get there ASAP. So we get there, uh, doors open at 10 and the line is wrapped around not one, not two, not three, four blocks, four blocks. The line is wrapped around the corner of the Palladium in, uh, Hollywood. And so, um, I, I was just shooketh. One, because I knew my tickets were at will call. And <laughs> I was like, man, if I get up to the front and these tickets aren't there, I'm going to start a riot. But um, I knew Mr. Ross wouldn't do me like that. So uh, me and my homegirl, Elle, we wait patiently. We get there. Um, a woman comes out from behind the booth and asks me my name. She's like, I'm going to go track down your tickets. She was very kind, got them. We get inside and... Um, that was my first time at the Palladium. The Palladium is a beautiful space. It's typically standing room only, um, but they had seating placed down there. Um, her band was set up. She had like the the T-shaped stage where it has like the runway jutting out um, so she could walk into the crowd as you would expect Miss Ross to do. And so um, the beginning of the set, her DJ's playing. We're looking around. 
Um, I think the first people we noticed were the Kardashians because they stick out as Kardashians do. And Chloe's infamous outfit. <laughs> oh, man, that outfit was disco chic. Um, it screamed, <laughs> it screamed, I miss my baby daddy, but I'm out tonight. No. So, oh, you so don't I, have to say I, I said what I said. That's what yeah, the outfit you, said to me. You need to pray for her. Why are you talking about her? You need to pray for her. Okay, I'm I send her a prayer right now. I, I pray that she's doing too. well, but the outfit said what it said. Um and I, I'm honest because I spent Thompson look like Keith Keith Washington. You know the singer. Ma'am <laughs> Doesn't think about no listen. He wants you to believe he's got a lot of facial hair and a good beard and a good cut. He looked like Keith Washington on Who a bad looks night. Like Keith Washington? Tristan Thompson. Leave me alone. I don't even. Uh, I don't. I, he. There's no need for us to get into the weeds like that. I did spend an awkward amount of time beside the Kardashian Jenner family because I was right beside like the VIP section of the stage, and so okay, that was there. that. OJ there? Uh, I did not see a Renthal. Uh, pretty sure he's in Florida hiding from the feds, as he should. Um, so yeah, um, Chloe and Courtney were there, along with Chris. Um, I was just asking, you said the Jenner family was there. I was asking, was Caitlyn Jenner there? That's all no, I was asking. Caitlyn does not really fuck with them like that no more. So no, she was not there. Um, all right. Just those three. That's all I'm saying. That's all I was asking. That's there all. we go. There we go. So the show starts um, with I'm coming out queued up. And we, Diana Ross is singing like a bird, but we couldn't tell from which direction because I was down by the stage and surrounded by people. And I looked to the back of the room and realized she's walked in through the front of the Palladium. What I realized after I got home and got on social media was that a white Rolls Royce drove her down. Uh, I, I don't even know if that was Hollywood Boulevard or not, but it drove her to the front door of the Palladium uh, where she got out. They put a mic in her hand and she sang herself into the room it was fucking amazing. Um, but while while she's entering from the rear of the room, Diddy hops out on stage with the it's the D to the A to the D D Y. I know you'd rather see me die than see me fly. And I don't know about yeah. y'all. I loved Bad Boy as a kid. And so when I Yeah, that's yo, iconic, right? Listen, I had the shiny coat and everything in ninety seven. You couldn't tell me <laughs> shit. Um, so when me and Elsie Diddy hop out with the with the Mo Money More Problems verse, I fucking lost it. I was like, holy smokes, this is starting off uh crazy. And so um they they did that. Um eventually she jumped into her Supremes routine and his daughters came out. Um I don't want to butcher their names because I'm forgetting one of them right now, but um, he has twins and then another daughter and they're all three of them around the same age. And two of them had performed, I think maybe 
maybe a week or two ago and she had uh, reposted it on her Twitter that the girls had done a Supremes rendition at a talent show and Miss Ross retweeted it. And so she invited them to come out to the show and, during Baby Love and they did the same routine, which was cute as hell. Um, when they were supposed to be done, because they were only supposed to be there for like one verse and she kept trying to like give them the cue to take your little asses off stage, but they were not getting the cue. And so Diddy had to walk out and drag them off, which was cute. Uh, so they women and they did they did baby love my baby love I need it. they did that they didn't sing okay. it but they were doing the routine which was cute um, oh okay okay so they they weren't actually singing the song yeah. they were like they were the supreme backup absolutely they were literally just dancing which was really I- adorable. Yeah, it's super cute. Yeah, it was really cute, and so um, that was them. Robin Thicke came out and did he joined in? Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke. No, we're done with him. Oh, I canceled Robin Thicke after the Paula situation, but apparently, yeah, so can we just, just pass over whatever the fuck he did? No, I need to bring it to light because he really pissed me off. Um, oh, okay. just give us an opportunity to talk shit. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So listen, I, and let me be. Let me get full disclosure. I was a Robin Thicke fan for the majority of his career until the Paula Patton situation. I even bought the Paula album that he named after her to peer pressure her into not divorcing him. Do I regret it? Yes, but there is a song on that album called She Locked the Door, which is talking about how she kicked his ass out. That If you've never heard it, go play it because it's phenomenal. It is, one, hilarious because she changed the locks on his ass and he wrote a song about it. Um, So after that, I pretty much canceled Robin Thicke, to be honest. Yeah, that dude ain't shit. That dude ain't shit. That part, and I, I don't think I've forgiven him for... Um, the clusterfuck known as Blurred Lines and the fact that they ripped that melody from Marvin Gaye and Marvin Gaye's family had to sue him, T.I. and Pharrell, like that still don't sit right with me. But whatever, the the Gaye family won, they lost, so there's that. But anyway, um, the Ross family apparently loves Robin Thicke and uh, he came out to fill in for Lionel Richie in Endless Love and he did not know not nan of the lyrics and miss ross kept trying oh, time out time out, time out. You, did you hear me sigh let me make sure that y'all time out and i'm gonna but you're gonna retract your side because if you don't know two hearts two hearts that be as one Mm-mm. if if you can't get those first couple of lines together you don't even need to be in the motherfucking building. You know what part he knew? What he knew? My endless love. Oh, he, boo. 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 Yeah, that's the part that Robin knew. And so... Did you boo him? I was cussing. So much so that Chris okay. Jenner was laughing. There were several times where, again, I was in very close proximity to that stage. And Chris Jenner was looking at me and cackling like... <laughs> like this one has had too much Hennessy but jokes on you I only had two Hennessy's before I got there um you drink that hen dog I just need everybody to know you drink the hen dog don't worry we'll talk about Hennessy when we get to Janet too but um it's I'm consistent and so so yeah he didn't know any of the lyrics and Miss Ross was trying to drag him along 
She was really kind about it, but he was majorly fucking up. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know all the words to Endless Love either, but if Miss Ross oh, no, would have... You, well, well, here's the thing. If Miss Ross would have called me, even if it would have been 12 hours notice, hell, if it would have been two hour notice, guess what I would have been doing for two hours? Yeah, Reading those I, goddamn lyrics. That's easy. Man, well, he doesn't have a career, so I guess he felt no need. I don't know what he thought, but I was really disappointed in his poor planning on that. Like, bro, you, you're not going to get this opportunity again, so... Um, yeah, he did a really piss poor job, and it was so bad that he tried to um, turn it into, you know, when you fuck up and then you try to freestyle into some other shit. And so he was like, uh, "I want everybody to say happy birthday, Diana," oh, no. and I was like, "No, oh, no, no, no bro. Either you know, listen, that is literally." Nah, bro. You either know the lyrics. So that's this is what happens when you put on blackface. <laughs> Don't do Robin think, like that. Well, this is what happens when you put on blackface because you think your shit is cool. But I, the truth I, that this is seventy fifth birthday. Like, yeah. damn, Nick. Like you, you have nothing else to do. You don't have a wife. You got some some child you're babysitting. You know, you can learn. <laughs> I'm saying you can learn the lyrics. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, listen, I think Diana Ross has one of the best voices of the world. I don't know all the words. We don't disagree on that, but... I I don't know all the words to Endless Love, but again, if I would have been tasked with that as my job, and I knew it, I would have sat down and studied those lyrics. I knew more, put it this way, me knowing I don't know all the, the lyrics to each verse in that song, I still knew more of the words than he did. So that's that's sad though, you know, because I mean, like, again, like I said, it's, it's about, it really is about respect. You know, if you come to someone's 75th birthday party, you don't come half ass in their life. 75 is, 75 is significant. You know, there are people, many people who do not make it that far and don't look that good if they do. Ain't that vibrant, ain't that alive, ain't that full of joy in life. So you come with the heat for somebody who's doing all of that and still maintaining that crown on her head. You come ready. And the fact that he did not come ready says more about him and why we already canceled him with that fucking Paula album and whatever he was doing, he cheating, he grinding up on Miley Cyrus of all children to grind up on. And, you know... I'm just saying, like, bruh, like, Miss Ross, I can't tell you what to do, but I'm just put a suggestion in the box, which is don't invite him back to nothing else. I agree. I hope they cancel him, um, as as we have done. And, you know, I'm just sitting there the whole time, like, damn, I wish my guy Michael was here, because he would not have dropped this ball. So, um... No, Mike, no, Mike would have came with the love, and, you know, because he, he just is a special place in his life for Diana Ross, who was all things to him. As he talked about in interviews, she was all things to him, you know, and he would have, he would have really came with some appreciation. And I really wish he could have been there. I really wish that, you know, things turned out differently, but you know, say la vie. So yeah, that's like, and again, the, but the last song that played before she came out was don't stop till you get enough. So it was great. It was great. It was like, a little bit about Evan Ross who had the whole Michael Gear going on. Oh my gosh. I absolutely saw him. Evan 
first of all, I have had a crush on Evan Ross since Diana Ross did her 2020 interview um, sometime in the 90s. And uh, I think he moonwalked. And I was like, that right there is the nigga for me. And let me tell you something. I wasn't far off. He got Ashley with two E's instead of Ashley with the E-I. That's his fault. He missed the mark by an inch. I don't blame him for that. Fate does what it does. Um, but when he came out with that uh, blazer on with no shirt, I literally screamed, Ashley, you better cuff your man. Because I was <laughs> after him. Um Evan Ross is finer than two freshly baked hams. Like that man. All right, you know you might be going too far. He's he's adorable. I think he's finer than a mug. Um, and his outfit shirtless. Uh, uh, it was a tux though, (laughs) shirtless, no tie, and of course high water pants. He had on white sequin socks and sequin Louboutins yes I looked for the red bottom and I did see it uh he looked like wealth and he looked like the child that Michael would likely claim and I'm still not convinced that's not his kid but you know what I don't see why anybody would lie to me um my thing is like Evan um he's got such a he's 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 his mother's son for sure and and that I just mean he has this very soft, genuine nature that does not come off over the top. It's not it's very calm, but it's also very sincere and you believe it. And he's always had that for Michael. He's always been very um always been very genuine. And I that's something that I can appreciate. He is he is he is certainly a cutie patootie. I'm not taking that away from a man. He's very he's Did he's, you a, he's say a cutie patootie. What are you, Rosie O'Donnell? What is this? Is that what Rosie used to say? Absolutely. Come back to me. And it's she 2019. Ain't shit, though. She ain't shit. And you know, so I mean she ain't shit. I just want to bring you but back. Bring me back. Miss Ross gonna always be the boss, you know? And so my thing is for everyone who wasn't there, we kind of wanted to to kind of give some sort of feel of what was happening. What's one What's one thing that happened that you think people wouldn't believe happened, but did? You had to be there to kind of believe it. Sort Ooh, of. there's a couple. Okay, so first of all, Stevie Wonder came out and sang the Happy Birthday song that only he can sing, and mm-hmm. that that touched the back of my soul. Like it was so good. Um, Barry Gordy was upstairs in uh in the balcony the whole time and she did not know and to watch him watch her for two hours was probably the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life um if you know anything about the story of Motown you know that uh Diana Ross and the Supremes went to Barry Gordy when they were in high school and asked him to sign them and he said they were too young come back when you graduate and uh, she worked as a secretary. They kept singing. They got their stuff together. They came back. He signed them, and they became the biggest girl group ever. Um, not black, not in Detroit, ever. And um, it was really sweet towards the end. <laughs> when, it, when it was over, you know, any artist has an has a encore plan where if 
the crowd wants an encore, they'll come out, they'll give you a couple extra songs, and then they jet. Miss Ross did that. And then she came out again because we just wouldn't leave. And she, <laughs> she pulled up this chair that looked like a, a royal chair, not much different from the chair that's in our abbey that Michael's sitting in. And she sat down with the microphone and said, okay, guys, well, since we're here, you know, in, in this world, in these times, in these tumultuous times, is there anything that anyone wants to ask me? And she just sat there very, very calmly and patiently while most of the venue was emptying out. And, you know, there was a million questions I could have asked Ms. Roz at that point. And I was shook. I was like, I don't know what to say. But thankfully, one of her diehard fans who follows her to every show is down by the stage and just asked her, like, how do you stay positive and how do you get to this point where you want to invite us to celebrate your birthday with you after you know this is your big day and she just talked about how the fans are the gift the people are the gift and it was the sweetest thing I've ever heard um other things that happened Leonardo DiCaprio was there we would not have ever known he was there. He was in all black with a hoodie and a baseball cap on. And Evan dragged him on stage. And I was just like, holy shit. He might have been standing beside me the whole time. I didn't even know. Um, uh, so if, I don't know. I don't fucking know. But it was like Evan disappeared. Right, nobody was even checking for him. I love Leonardo. Let me just say that. But nobody yeah. was checking for his ass. Ain't no need to be in a hoodie and a cap and everything else in no, between. But, they don't need to don't shade Leo. Leo in Hollywood, remember that is a bubble. That is a bubble. Leo's still very, very hot out there. So anyway, um, let me run through the other celebrities that was there as if y'all give a fuck. Uh, Monica Lewinsky was there. Who? You heard me. <laughs> now, honestly, as somebody who works in the area of politics, that was some nerd shit for me. I said, oh, oh, oh. can we get to the baby garden snake Gail motherfucking king? I did not baby? see Gail. Let me finish going through the other celebrities because I don't give a damn about her, but I'll I get to it. Um, so if you've ever been to a Dinah Ross show, you know, in recent years, she loves to close her shows with All I Do Is Win by DJ Khaled. Um, and when That's I saw her, yeah. Dope. She did it in Charlotte. Uh, I think I saw her two or three years ago at the Blumenthal. And when she ended the show in All I Do Is Win. Now, imagine Diana Ross's very sweet, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> Every time my hands go up oh, and they stay there. <laughs> yeah, she sings the whole thing. Well, when I saw French Montana, I was like, oh, man, I bet DJ hey, Khaled. Yeah. There. That's yeah, DJ Khaled. I noticed him halfway through, and so me and my homegirl, we had been to the other Diana Ross show together. We were like, oh, yeah, she's closing it out with All We Do Is Win. And and she did, and he came out, and it was dope. Um, who else was there that is of note? Shonda Rhimes was upstairs in the balcony with Barry Gordy the whole time. Babyface was there. L.A. Reid was there. Ooh, it's a long list of... Oh, Debbie Allen came out, and she brought some of her dancers, and, man, Debbie, Debbie Allen did, like, five high kicks back to back to back to back to back to back like yo she's the illest one of the illest dancers on planet earth to this day debbie to this day to this debbie day allen, debbie allen is a fucking legend like debbie allen is so 
important. Yeah. And I'm just saying from a from a from a perspective of black advancement and innovation and excellence and artistry and you know excelling in a thing Debbie Allen man is just phenomenal and so when you say you got somebody like Diana Ross and Debbie Allen hanging out they friends they cool what 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 you won't do is come after them because there's so much respect we have for them as as artists and as women Right. in our culture and that's why we can't allow we cannot allow it's not even we just we cannot allow people to defame them in a way that disrespects who they've been for decades and who they've consistently been for decades which is why when people started to come after both of them you know all of us kind of jump jumped and like jump jump nasty real quick right. because it's not happen it's just not gonna happen debbie allen is wonderful and nothing beats her relax relate release episode Ooh, honey of a different world uh, different world and if you don't know what we're talking about please go youtube it and just type in relax relax Matter of fact, okay. I, will, I will put it in the show notes so that y'all can just click that so click. So y'all can get it, and you need to understand, man, this is a woman who, and when we talk about black artists, we're not talking about people who had an easy road. Right. We're talking about people who had to face racism, which in the United States was and is severe, but certainly back in the day was like, <laughs> they would kill you, you know what I mean? I mean? So you're talking about that level of opposition, being a woman, facing sexism, faces facing things that come with your challenges to your abilities, just just because you were born the 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 less dominant sex, you know, and these women, these black women just rose above and so you won't disrespect them. We no, will you, fucking destroy you. You I will, will not disrespect I will riot and I was ready to riot, but if you guys don't know much about Debbie Allen um, and her history with the Alvin Ailey dancers. Just look them up. Ooh. The the Alvin Ailey dancers did you were. Them? See them she, when they were. Did you go to the show? No, I didn't. I didn't get to see the Alvin Ailey dancers, unfortunately. But they go on tour pretty frequently, and I'm hopeful that I will. Uh, but the, they are an all black dance troupe. I believe they're the first all black dance troupe to exist in America, and they were just really phenomenal in the 70s and 80s. And Debbie Allen works with them to this day, taking over for Mr. Alien. So, um, she brought a couple of them out, um, along with some of her other dancers from her dance academy, and that was really dope. Um, let me keep breezing through who else was there. Uh, wow, in my head, I can still see Monica Lewinsky on that balcony. It's hard to it's hard to get past that. Um, of course, I need to get past that. Shit. I'm past it. Of course, um, Tracy Ellis Ross, uh, Rhonda Ross, uh, Chudney Ross, um, were all there. Um, only I did not see her son Ross Ness there. I didn't see Ross Evans' um, older brother. I did not see them him there. But the rest of the kids were there. Her children were there. Um, Ashley Simpson and Evan did um, love Hangover. Um, it was all right. Uh, it would have been better if I would have jumped well, in. Well, okay, well, so we know that the Jacksons are on tour, but were any Jacksons in the mix? The only, the only Jackson in the room was Austin Brown, who was upstairs in the balcony. I don't know if he stayed for the whole thing. 
but I did look up there a couple times throughout the show, and he was up there chilling. So that was yeah. that was I mean, the only jacket I'm, that I saw in the room. Yeah, that I mean, I would that more weren't there or at the party. Right. And, you know, I would have thought like, you know, so the Jacksons obviously are on tour, so that's why they weren't there. But, you know, I'm sure if they weren't on tour, they would have they would have been there. Um, And so it's interesting, you know, just to know she's so so instrumental in that family. Um, So just to know someone was there kind of sometimes you just need one to represent the whole. Um, And so I'm glad Augie was there to to show his support and love. You know, everybody loves Diana Ross. That's just not that's like a no brainer. So. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. So, so yeah, that was the majority of the night. Now, as for your girl, Gail, let me tell y'all something. I did not see Gail King in that room. And I keep going in my mind, like, where the fuck was she? She was not in the section with with Barry Gordy, with Austin, with Babyface, she, Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> she, like, all of them... There were, so unsettling. Go ahead, though. Yeah, there were two balconies. There was one on the left and one on the right. And all of them were on the right. She must have been on the left with the nobodies because I never saw her. And she had on a really nice gown, so there's no way I would have missed her um, if she was somewhere to be seen. So I don't know if she was ducking everybody. I don't know. And um, she needs to be ducking, like, Trump was ducking them collusion charges. You you know, let me tell you something about Gail King. Okay. The audacity to show up to that party. Yeah. Knowing that Diana Ross, she don't give a shit about you, baby. She loved Michael. Right. And knowing right. that not even it'd be different if people were fairly assessing the thing and then coming to whatever conclusion they have. You unfairly assess it. You throw a dead man under a bus knowing he doesn't have a voice, you know, and then show up to the woman who he loved with all his heart and who loves him with all her heart. You show up to her birthday party acting like you belong. Bitch, you don't belong. Listen, lady, you better listen. You better go back. to. You better find Charlie Rose. You better find somebody else to talk to. Between me and Evan Ross, her ass would have got beat. And I had on flats, so... I, was I don't care she's 60, man. You would have had to roll her ass up. And that's fine. She would have got folded up like a piece of New York pizza. And that's on that's on Mike. Like. And 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 the thing is, for real, like that's so disrespectful. Like it I wish I wish I would be dead and somebody talk shit about me and you let them come to your birthday party. It, I'm coming to haunt all of y'all at the end of it because this is some bullshit. I'm pretty no. sure she bought tickets like a lot of the other folks in the room did. Like I a fan. Like a fan. Yeah, she's a fucking fan. She's so, a fucking fan. And so she should have been so, that, so that's what happened with her. I don't want to give her no more energy, so um, that's how that mm-hmm. went. So um so yeah that was that was pretty much how that evening went it was really sweet it was great I want to thank Miss Ross and her team for um, looking down on a little peasant like me and getting me in the room it was a beautiful experience um, I flew in I flew right back out and it was totally worth you the flew in, you, flew, you, you flew in you flew out and, and like let me, let me tell y'all why I flew in and I flew right back out because the show was on Tuesday. On Thursday, I had already booked the flight to go to Brooklyn for Janet's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. So I did, I couldn't stick around. I had to bounce. Right. And on that note, let us take a quick pause. We're going to come back and talk about Janet Jackson because 
we have given Miss Ross her due, and we still want to say happy birthday because she's apparently celebrating all month back in 2019, which is cool. Um, oh, but- let me add, let me add one more note because you I almost forgot. So, in conjunction with her having the party and the concert. Uh, she had a uh, remastered singles put out and her Central Park show was released in theaters for two days on her birthday on the 26th. And then on that Friday, um, no, it was actually on that Thursday, which was the 28th. It was in, in uh, theaters those two days only. And you could buy a ticket and go and watch her Central Park show. So since I was in New York, I went to watch it while I was in New York, which was a crazy experience. If you've never watched her Central Park show, you should. I'm pretty sure that this movie that was uh, just released is going to be put out on DVD for purchase and, and on all of their platforms. But you can also just go watch the raw footage on YouTube. And it was it's phenomenal one to see how she plowed through a performance in the rain and then came back the next day because she promised the city that she would come back. Um, but she came back and the next day, it, it was so good. She did a rendition of Beat It that was so sweet. Um, and she started it off by saying, you guys know I love Michael, right? And all of Central Park exploded. And she tried to do the dance as best she could. It was adorable. She didn't know all the words. But if you've never seen that, you really should. And and one of the other parts of that concert that goes back to um, the discussion we were having about Motown artists being consummate performers, the stage that she built in Central Park um, was unique and the shape of it jutted out into the crowd and there was no railing or anything like that. If you think about how Michael's um, cherry picker was when he would go up and it had the rail and he would like kind of bend out of that and scare us all half to death, like hanging out of it. Her stage was kind of shaped like that, except there were no rails. And she was singing, um, she was singing a song called, I think it was called, too close or something I have to I can't remember but she was performing it and literally stepped off the stage and at the last moment there was maybe two posts that were wooden posts that were on the end and she stepped off the stage and was about to make a 15 foot drop to the ground and at the last second caught herself and threw herself back on stage and it's one of the most like I I, I can't even vociferate it for y'all right now because if you go watch it and I'll put a clip of it in the in the show notes but yo like that lady is an icon beyond the great beyond she can make any fuck up uh uh ice cream sundae like it, it it just speaks to the level of just precision that that she and and other legends like her have and I just really want to lift her up in her 75th year um she took she took a lot of slang on social media and I want to be very specific in saying on social media because ain't nobody coming to Miss Ross in real life with no hate because she says she loves Michael Jackson it's just not gonna fucking happen a lot of the things that we see on the internet as far as conversations about Michael right now and the hate 
that that shit when you log off you don't hear it we're not hearing about it when you go to the grocery store or when you're talking with your friends and family you're not hearing about it it really exists in a very small world and I want to lift her up for taking that hit for him uh in in knowing that he can't can't even hear it you know and that's real love and I just really want to want to shout her out and it just confirms that my being a fan for her is the right thing and I always will be so Miss Ross we've decided to stand oh yeah for sure so on that note I think it's safe to say get you a talent like Diana Ross and get you a friend like Diana Ross and you'll be cool man period alright yo we gotta take a break okay alright thanks for joining us for part one of two very special episodes. This episode, Diamond Diana and Miss Ross's 75th birthday celebration. Join us tomorrow for part two, where we get in with Miss Jackson and Finasty and her recent induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In the meantime, make sure you're following us. Subscribe at soundcloud.com forward slash the Black Jackson Estate. On Twitter, catch us at twitter.com forward slash Black Jack State. Part two coming tomorrow. Hang tight. We'll see you soon. <laughs>